Why, hello everyone. Welcome to the year that is 2018 and welcome to a new edition, a prologue episode, if you will, to the upcoming third season, the groundbreaking third season that will be the All The Anime Podcast. I am Jeremy Graves and I am joined in the office studio for this season three prologue episode by... Andy Hanley. And that's it. Because virtually everybody else is in... Is it sunny there? I don't know. It, yeah, it, I think it's, it's pretty pretty decent there. In, in Tokyo, Japan. Yes, we are all incredibly jealous of them, but they are all on very supremely strict and secretive business out in Tokyo, Japan. Like, literally, we don't actually know what they're doing out there. For all we know, they're on a jolly, and they probably are. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did see a picture of Keith at the top of the Tokyo Sky Tree, so, you know, yeah. I'm not... Either we're buying the Tokyo Sky Tree, or that was a moment of, uh, of tourism. <laughs> Breaking news, Anime Limited has licensed the Tokyo Sky Tree. <laughs> Why not? It's our new Ultimate Edition. We're going to put, put, I don't know, insert series name here, into the Tokyo Sky Tree and provide it to you. Now you've got to try and figure out all the anime that have the Tokyo Sky Tree, but which one has it most prominently, and then which one could we then have like a pop-up version of a sky tree that people could build yeah answers answers on a postcard it's one of those things that like turns up in every show now and it's one of the things that I didn't get to go to actually when I was in Japan oh really uh, yeah I didn't get to see Tokyo Tower like the, the old kind of tall thing in Tokyo or Tokyo Sky Tree so uh, that is still on my to-do list for, for next time my to-do list is simply to get to Japan <laughs> in my life but everybody welcome back to the podcast it has been a while since our last podcast. If it's a bit echoey in here, it's because there aren't as many bodies to soak up the sound, so please excuse that for the sound quality. But what has been going on recently? Well, to put it bluntly, everyone, we've been really blooming busy. Which is why there has been no podcast, but all going well. The plan going forward is that in some way, shape, or form, there will be a podcast every week, or at least every two weeks. When it's a week of an event, that's anyone's guess because tons of stuff comes up at that point. But the plan is to have some kind of audio for you every week. The podcast going forward when there are more people than just myself and Andy will be, will be again, a little bit of a, of a reshuffle, a bit of a, of a fresh coat of paint. At least that's my intention. For all I know, it will just be easier to, to do it how we have done in the past. And then I will forget all of that. But we shall see how that fares, and it should freshen things up a little bit, make it quite interesting for the other guys. It won't all be just straight-up business talk either. We're going to try and throw in a few other curveballs to, to keep people on their toes that not even the other staff members of Anime Limited know about yet. Not even Andy, potentially. I've run a few ideas by you, but not all of them. No, I mean, I was, I was going to joke about Season 3 being our concept album, um, <laughs> after, after our difficult second album being Season 2, but but now I'm, I'm truly terrified that that might be the case <laughs> and that we're all going to have to come in and, like, play bizarre instruments and <laughs> sing about dinner ladies or something weird. After our second album that had a lineup change part way through. Exactly. <laughs> and new additions to the cast. But um, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Chances are this episode and then next week's episode will likely just be me and Andy. Lauren might come and join in the fray as well, depending how her workload is going. But for the moment, for at least a couple of weeks, you are more than likely stuck with just me and Andy. Before we go any further, let's do something we haven't done in a while. Let's pay the bills, as it were. Where can you find out more about All The Anime and Anime Limited? It is alltheanime.com. That is a website where you can see all of our catalogue of upcoming releases and available releases. You can also get details on how to contact us on social media through those platforms. That being on Facebook and Twitter, we are at All The Anime. And on YouTube, 
we are at all the anime as well. Had a lot of cool trailers going up there and stuff as well. So make sure you check him out because we've had some cracking things going in recent months. And it's actually something we're going to be talking about because this episode is going to be a little bit of a catch up in, in a weird way. Because we know that a few people out there who listen to the podcast, and potentially it might just be a few for all I know, but uh, there are a few people out there who have reached out and said, hey, you know, I don't necessarily keep up to date with everything that's going on on social media or your website. You know, is there any, way, any other way I can keep up to date? That's one of the things we're going to try and do with the podcast going forward, assuming it is a weekly venture, is to really try and give you a sort of crisp, nice, compact update as to what's been going on recently. In terms of that crisp, nice, compact update, probably not this week, because there's a lot to talk about, isn't there, Andy? Yes, it's been... Rather a long time since we we did this, and we have announced one or two things. So uh, I guess in terms of uh, what's been going on, well, we'll keep it recent because otherwise we would literally be here all day, which we really don't want to be. No, everybody, because but partly because we want to make sure you can actually hear this show. Because if it's going to be twenty four hours, the file size will be mental. Exactly. Also, it's Easter, so you know the, there are more pressing matters at hand, like chocolate. Well, for everyone else in the world, I don't eat chocolate. <laughs> yes, just just means all the more for the rest of us. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been going on recently, everybody? Well, we've had some stuff in the cinema this year. Between January and March, we have had the Tokyo Ghoul live action film. We had the second, uh, sorry, not the second, the second season recap film of the Attack on Titan TV series. And then we also had the first Code Geass film, Code Geass, Lelouch of the Rebellion 1, Initiation. Which is a great word in itself. Mm, indeed. And those have been in the cinema. And we know a lot of you guys have enjoyed that. And uh, more stuff coming in the coming months as well. We'll have a bit more info on that a little bit later in the show for you. We've had a lot of releases this year already. It's been quite a jam-packed Q1 to say the least. Of which we'll be touching on a few of the releases from recent weeks in a few moments. And don't you fret everybody because there's still a ton of releases planned for the remainder of the year, we're going to be at lots of events as well. We've got some other cool things going on that we can't tell you about just yet, but chances are one or two of them may be revealed slash announced slash confirmed by the time you are hearing this podcast. So for the sake of me not having to do an emergency edit at some point later, we won't mention it now, but we'll bring you up to date on those next week on the show. Recent releases. A couple of things that we've had this month in the month of March 2018, we have had Napping Princess released. Finally, Andy, we have had the third part of Durarara Cross 2, that being Ketsu. We've had Persona Movie, uh, Persona 3 Movie 1, released as a standard edition Blu-ray, and we even brought the series Kino's Journey back to DVD after being out of print for a very long time. Then last week, it was the turn of Expelled from Paradise, being released on standard edition Blu-ray. In terms of what is coming up, well... Next week, Andy. It's quite an eclectic mix, isn't it? I think it's fair to say. <laughs> that would be to put it mildly, yes. <laughs> we have got Testament of Sister New Devil Season 1 and Momotaro Sacred Sailors. So you have got... I'm trying to think of a fair way of phrasing this. We've got the first ever Japanese animated feature, which is Momotaro Sacred Sailors, and Testament of Sister New Devil. Yes, <laughs> yes which is almost surprisingly not the last anime ever created. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, like two two very different sides of, of the same coin there. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's a really good example, actually. You know, I, I mean, I, I know people like to talk about anime being a medium and not a genre. And like, if ever you wanted a day to 
prove that point, Momotaro Sacred Sailors and Testament of Sister New Devil is a really good example that anime is not a genre. Indeed, if you are not familiar with Testament of Sister New Devil, everybody, if you're a fan of shows akin to High School DD, or perhaps going to be The Twin Tail, both of which we've released, that being the third season of High School DD that we've released over here, it's very much up your alley, it's fair to say. And obviously, from Momotaro's perspective, a very unique release. It's something we've talked about on the podcast and in other forums and circles before. But this is very much what I would regard as a very important release when it comes to the history of anime. It may not be one that everyone's going to pick up. It is a propaganda film from World War II that was created in Japan. But it's a historically important film because it was the first ever Japanese animated feature created. And it comes with a packed book of information written by Dr. Jonathan Clements, going into, the, into detail, so much detail as well, as to how the film was created, circumstances surrounding it, a lot of the political stuff around the film, and then the aftermath and how it was eventually discovered. It is a fascinating read. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, we often talk about our collector's edition releases and, you know, how they have a book, but on this occasion, we are talking about an actual book you know this is 130 something pages isn't mm. it of, of literally you know pro- Te- of text. Pro- proper text and that so you know it is a proper book that you can can sit and read and yeah as jeremy says hugely informative so uh we've kind of got some some plans afoot to for people who have, haven't picked up the release yet to give you a few little tastes of, of what's contained within that book a few little excerpts and what have you to to let you kind of see what what you're getting but yeah like it's a uh, it's a really cool thing for, as mentioned, a really important film. So it's a, a very, a very useful resource if you're you're kind of you know more um, academically inclined around the animation side of things. But if you're just interested in the history, and as mentioned, you know it's a fascinating history, of, 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 a fascinating confluence of things as well. You know, World War Two. You know, I think it's hard not to be interested in that era and everything that went on around it. And then obviously the the anime angle as well of you know creating the first ever feature length film within. War was you know a very difficult time to to be uh, to be involved with that kind of thing so uh, yeah lots to uh, to take in with that so it's very much a case of this release that we know it's not going to be a lot of people's cup of tea but in terms of in terms of something that we love to do here and that is give perhaps titles a chance or bring bring over a unique title that may not have got an opportunity to be released over here Momotaro fits that like a glove into that category yeah. When you look at all the other films that we brought over as well, and the, the very uh, vast uh, vast array and diversity of films that we've had as well, when you think some that may or may not have got released over here, mm, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, we always try to to have and build up a broad catalogue, but uh, yeah, you know, obviously, given what we do, something of historical importance like that, you know, it really fits what what we try to do here at Anime Limited. So it's it's you know, it's taken a while to. To, to get it all together and to actually put it out there so I think you know everybody's kind of really pleased with how it's come out and, and we're you know pleased you know we, we did an, an early bird pre-order for it and you know a lot of people were, were interested in it so you know it's nice to see that uh, it's been appreciated yeah it's great to see that as well really really cool and and of course we know that you Testament and Sister New Devil fans are out there as well you're, you're starting to come out in your droves as it were wanting to get your hands on it and, and we know a lot of you are very excited about it as well, because that one's been, it's been a bit of a time coming. It's been a bit of a wait for it, but now it, it's finally here, the first season of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the first um, Crunchyroll release on home video in the UK. So, you know, in, in a way, if we were looking at landmarks to compare Momotaro and, and Testament, there you go. The first ever Crunchyroll UK release on home video. There you go. 
And then the week after on the 9th of April, prison school on standard Blu-ray. Yes, which speaks for itself. We don't need to say anything else about that. <laughs> if you've not seen it before, folks, head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash all the anime and search for the trailer in there. It is it's a wonderful trailer that was created. Pro tip though, don't watch the trailer at work. Yeah, we did hear someone doing that once. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do that. So in terms of upcoming events we'll be at that I mentioned, the next one we are going to be at is the London MCM Comic Con. It's a tra traditional stomping ground for us as it were. We like to go there the twice year venture from Glasgow to London. We'll be doing it once again, kicking off in May. We've got a lot of things in the works, so stay tuned. There will be more information coming in the, I say the coming months, but it's pretty much two months away. So I might as well just say in the coming weeks at this stage. Yeah, yes, it's... Uh, it's oh God, it's two months away. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's coming up fast, it is coming up fast. But yeah, like, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to start talking about our plans soonish because there's some, some really exciting stuff that we're, we're trying to get together at the moment. You know, I, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that, you know, we've got a, a guest already lined up. So looking forward to unveiling that. Um, and yeah, we've, we've got a bunch of other stuff that we'll be be looking to do as well that is, is very much in the works and will we'll hopefully come to fruition because uh, yeah I think it's uh, if you've not booked tickets yet and you're on the fence you know start at least planning that weekend off because uh, there will be good reasons to, to be in London that weekend it's fair to say indeed so when it comes to recent announcements we mentioned that we've had a few things to reveal recently I mentioned cinema releases our next cinema release will be on the 27th of June as Maquia, When the Promised Flower Blooms, comes to the cinema. It is the film directed by Maria Carter, who was a scriptwriter on Anthem of the Heart, amongst many other great titles as well. Yes, indeed, yeah. I mean, uh, my, my personal favourite that I watch every year is Toradora that she did scriptwriting on. But uh, yeah, like you can throw a, throw a dart at an, an anime production dartboard and you'll probably find a Mario Kart script in there because she's uh, very prolific and, and has a pretty good uh, success rate so very exciting to see her kind of moving to into directing with what is a very good film that's been very well received by people who've uh, seen it at the, uh, the few screenings it's had so far. Indeed, including the uh, the international premiere that was at the Glasgow Film Festival recently as well. We've got a great reaction from that. Mm, indeed. And of course, also worth noting, if you're still not familiar with the film, we do have a trailer for you on our YouTube channel. So make sure you head over to youtube.com slash all the anime. You can see the preview for Maquia there. And also marvel at some of the stunning animation in there as well, because man, that film is, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous film that the backgrounds are absolutely fantastic. Like that was the side that particularly blew me away. Uh, I believe we've got a blog post up as well, haven't we? I believe we have. So yeah, so if you're looking for something that, that digs a little bit deeper, because you know, trailers are good for showing the visuals, but sometimes they're not so good at kind of giving you the, the lowdown on, on the story and, and how that works. There's a really good uh, blog piece that uh, I believe Dr. Jonathan Clements wrote that as well, in fact, if I recall. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's well worth reading as well if, if you're uh, in the slightest curious about the film because I think it's a really good uh, a really good starting point for, for what the film's about because it's... It, because it's not a big kind of franchise film or something, we can't just, like, throw it out there and say, oh, hey, you know what this is. Like, it's it's an original film, so, you know, it needs a bit of uh, a bit of building up, which is, you know, why we're releasing it when we are, so that we can kind of, you know, build the, the interest and the excitement around it, because it, it absolutely deserves to be seen by as many people as possible. So, mm. uh, so, yeah, go check out the blog post, check out the trailer, and then get ready to book tickets soon, I guess. Makoto Shinkai loved it. 
for anyone exactly. who's interested. Yeah, he, like, he yeah. was one of the first people to publicly come out and say, I love, like, pretty much saying, I love this film. I don't remember the exact quote, but he really, really liked yes, it. Yes, yeah, like, he was, he was very impressed with it. So, yeah, if, if ever you needed a, a good, uh, a good bit of a, a critique of it. I think Mukesh Shinkai knows a little bit or two about directing a successful anime film, it's fair to say. Yeah, he's done all right, hasn't yeah, he? he's done all right for <laughs> Next news, everybody. We mentioned it earlier, but Code Geass, the first film, was screened in cinemas, that being the initiation film. It was shown earlier this month. For those who aren't aware and or need to catch up, we have acquired the rights to the three-film project, which is, in many ways... Taking you back to yesteryear, going back to the classic TV series, the two seasons of it, but bringing it to you in a more condensed form on the big screen. The first film was shown in cinemas. That will also be coming to home video at a later date. And we will also be bringing the second and third film to home video as well. As far as cinema releases go for the other two films, at the moment, we just don't know. It's a bit of a, it's a weird situation because it is, it is two more films following the first one. So we sort of need to weigh up options, try and figure out lots of things, because to put it bluntly, folks, it, it costs money to do this, to put anything in the cinema, and there's a lot of variables that need to be weighed up. So it is something we are looking to do if we can, but we simply just don't have any more infertment as to whether that is possible or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very much kind of continuing on from you know what we did with our, our theatrical releases last year. There's a certain element of experimentation and seeing what works, you know, what people want to see in the cinemas, you know, how wide to go in terms of how many places to screen it to, you know, make everything work. Because obviously, if we if we had our way as anime fans, you know, we'd put every film in every cinema in the country every day. But that isn't how it works from a, from a business point of view. And, you know, so, so there's, there is a lot to consider, a lot to weigh up. Um, yeah, it, it would be great if we could do something with the... the follow-up films because I mean the the critical reaction to the first film was was really good you mm. know, again recap films in anime are often a little bit of a hit or miss subject with people um, I think you know they often they often kind of flub things in some in one way or another because it's really difficult difficult to condense a long TV series into a short film or even a few films mm. and Kogius was what in like 50 episodes and yeah yeah and I mean th I think Kogius has been smart to put it across three films but uh, but yeah like everybody has been really really hyped to see it and I, I think it's also just the right time for KGS as well like it's been a decade now it's just long enough that people are kind of like yeah I'll go for KGS again that'll be cool but at the same time it's not too soon of like oh yeah like I remember all of that it's not like Attack on Titan season 2 was on TV last year yeah. And then in February, you get to watch the recap film. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, th th to give an example. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think that the time is right for it. Obviously, you know, they're uh, in Japan, they are gearing up for Code Geass R3. So, you know, they are bringing Lelouch of the Rebellion back, which we don't have any. How? To... Heck, if we know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure I can guess it probably involves a cart driver. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, we don't have anything to announce on, on any. UK plans for uh, R three, but yeah, you know, it is literally just the three films that we have got. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, we, we are we are all I think KGS fans here in the office to uh, to some extent. It's certainly a show that I absolutely love, mm. um, and so you know, it's it's nice to be able to to go back to it and, and do something with it. One thing that was really cool, and you mentioned sort of people thinking, oh yeah, I'm up for watching that. One thing that we really noticed with the reaction was the amount of people saying, oh man, I forgot how much I like this. Yeah. Because in a way, it's one of those shows that if anyone mentions it, you go, oh, it's great, watch it. But sometimes it can just go on for years before you go back and watch it. And it was a real example of people just going, 
why haven't I watched this in ages? <laughs> yeah, and again, it's just long enough that because that show relies on kind of its twists and turns, it's just long enough that people have kind of forgotten or it's got a bit hazy. And so you still get that, not quite the same as the first time you watch it, but you still get that, oh my God, what's just what's just happened there? Or you think, oh my God, how did I forget that? Yeah, yeah, when there's <laughs> when there's the, the big twists, the big moments drop. So yeah, that's uh, it's been really nice to see people getting back on the, the KGS train because I, I, I do love that show. So uh, And plus the theme song's awesome. And yes, yeah, which is, is present and correct in, in the first film, so that's uh, that's nice to see. Checkbox. Yes, yeah, it's, it's as if they knew it was really popular. It's weird. <laughs> So in terms of home video stuff, guys, we have had one announcement recently we want to quickly recap. That being Gundam The Origin 1-4, to The Chronicle of Char and Sailor, will be coming to Blu-ray. It's going to be the four Origin films, which we've previously given people the opportunity to order, that being the Japanese releases of each one. This is going to be all four, all four of those fi features, films, whatever the best way to phrase it is, packed into one set. And that will be coming at the end of May, if I've got my dates off the top of my head correct, 28th of May. And you'll be able to start ordering that very soon. In terms of ordering from us at alltheanime.com, I would probably, it'd probably be fair to say, maybe not expect orders to start from us until early May. But chances are, other retailers will probably come on, on board quicker, because you know what they like to do, get the pre-orders in early, as it were. And once some of those links are starting to surface, you can bet we'll be sure to share them with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited that we're getting to, to bring this out, you know, as, as our own home video release. Obviously, we released import editions of those films from Japan previously, which are very nice, but also quite pricey. So to be able to put this out at a, a nice affordable price point, but still give you something nice in terms of how it looks on your shelf is, uh, is really cool. Because as, as somebody who's kind of it's still a bit of a newbie to Gundam. Like Gundam The Origin was what kicked me off on, on that whole train because, you know, I I hadn't watched any Gundam and it sort of seemed like a, a logical jumping on point of like, okay, well, this is the origin of Gundam, as the name suggests. Um, and uh, it really does work in that regard. You know, I guess I had enough kind of cultural knowledge of Gundam as a whole to be able to jump in that way. But, you know, it's a good introduction to the characters, to the, the universe... Um, and you know it, it builds things up really nicely it looks really nice because you know if you go straight into original mobile suit Gundam that's an old show you know mm. it's, it can be a bit difficult to get into visually but you know this is really nice and, and modern and shiny looking mm. well and also uh, to add to your thought there about getting into the original Gundam it is also a show of its time yeah, and sometimes like, the older animation how older anime is just presented overall it just doesn't click with some people yeah whereas this is a way you really can jump in knowing it's a prequel to everything that happens before Mobile Suit Gundam it's focusing on more of a few particular elements that, that very much get referenced or hinted at or maybe surmised a bit within other Gundam lore but it is a really is a great jumping on point yeah yeah it's, it's a really good analysis of the characters and also kind of the politics that, that lead up to all of that so kind of all the stuff that really makes Gundam tick is kind of in there in, in a really nice formative sense and I suppose like on, on the flip side of that if you are an existing Gundam fan it also gives you an insight into the characters and events you already know to you know give you that that extra kind of bit of, of meat on the bones mm. if you like of, of the, the Gundam series so, which well, is how it was for me yeah because m although my the first Gundam I saw was Gundam Wing when it aired on Cartoon Network here in the UK but in terms of getting into OG Gundam for want of a better way of phrasing it 
it was when we were going to be releasing the original series, that's when I watched all of it and really started to go knee-deep into the Gundam universe because I kind of figured, well, one, I want to. Two, someone needs to here in the office. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so no, I always noticed there were certain details that were never fully explored or expanded upon. But knowing, obviously, there's like lots of manga, there's probably lots of books been written about it, there's lots of other material that would fill in these gaps. But from an actual anime point of view, this is the part, this is the, the thing that is now filling in some of those little questions and gaps. Like, for example, why is Sharaz Narble such a dick? <laughs> you know, little questions like that. Or, you know, why does he have his, why does he have like the famous eye mask that you see him wear? Like, it's little things like that that sometimes you don't necessarily think about. You just go, okay, cool, that's a look. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that that's, that's really nice. These things that, you know, aren't, aren't absolutely pivotal to the story, but they're these iconic little things and just the, those little sort of origin stories it really just sort of add something to the whole, the, the lore as a whole. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, looking forward to, to getting that out and uh, hopefully other people are too. Indeed, and as we mentioned in the announcement post as well, guys, there is more Gundam coming. We know it's a bit of, a, of, a, of an incredibly long wait for some of you, but stay tuned, there is more in the works. Yeah. The, the best things in life are worth waiting for. And, uh, and it's not like there isn't enough other anime out there anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As mentioned, we have plenty of other releases going on. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, we don't want to announce things and then leave people hanging, waiting for ages and ages and ages. So, you know, we're trying... As, let's be quite frank, as has happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, we, we've learned from that. We, we, we hear, you know, it's, it sucks to be, be kept hanging on things um, so. trust me it sucks to be on this side of the fence when yeah exactly <laughs> on both sides of the equation so you know we, we're trying to be a bit more judicious with that and you know we'll we'll let you know when we're, we're good and ready with things so that you won't have a, a long delay between announcement and actually holding the product in your own hands another thing we wanted to touch on which is sort of part us part not us but the series Violet Evergarden, we will be bringing out to home video it's next year, if I remember correctly, because it's going to be a while, isn't very, it? Very likely, yeah. The very, very best it'll be late this year, but probably 2019, most likely. Indeed. But one of the reasons we wanted to make mention of this, everybody, is that the series is currently... Is it simulcasting weekly? It's simulcasting in the it UK, is but not in the US. There you go. Simulcasting yes. weekly in the UK on Netflix. Which, I said it in a not-knowing way, because admittedly, I meant to check it out, but there's been so much other stuff going on in my life, it's actually one of the things that just sort of gone by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a strange situation as well, because, you know, Netflix typically puts out their anime projects in bulk when the show is, is finished. Like Little Witch, Little Witch Academia, for example. Yeah, Little Witch Academia, etc., etc. Kakaguri as well. Yep, Kakaguri was another one. Uh, Violet Evergarden, though, is um, is getting that treatment in the US and in a number of other t territories. A lot of the other major countries will be getting it in bulk in kind of May time, I think, most likely. Whereas we're actually getting it week by week as, as a, a simulcast effect. And simuldub. Oh, sorry, Hanway, that's trademarked. Yeah. We, and, and an English language language audio version yes yes let's go with that um so yeah which uh, i've got to i've not checked out the english dub by here it's supposed to be pretty good by by all accounts so uh, so yeah you can check it out week on week and i've got to admit i mean having how much has this show broken you yeah i mean that's the thing having watched the show week on week i'm not sure i could i don't think my tear ducts would survive binge watching it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been an interesting show and I, I know there's a, a question later on about the, the winter season shows we've been watching but in terms of Violet Evergarden like I think everybody was really excited before it started airing and it's quite a slow burner of a show to start with you know everybody I think was expecting it to be kind of hammering home the emotion from the get go 
But it actually takes quite a lot of time to build up Violet's character. Obviously, Violet Evergarden is the main character. Um, spoiler. Yeah, no spoiler there. <laughs> um, but it takes time to kind of build up her character and kind of the, the world that she's in, which is this sort of post-war world where, you know, she was basically brought up as like a... A, a, a human child fighting machine basically you know she was literally just a tool of the army now this war is over and like what does this girl who's only ever known conflicts and has not really known anything else do uh, and she ends up working for this company that, that basically writes letters for people so people will come to her and say like I need to write to my husband or to my brother who's you know moved away and this that and the other and so you know it's basically kind of her learning about the world and about herself and as you might expect you know in a sort of post-war scenario there are some pretty tumultuous and emotional letters to be written to people and you know the the viewing on that it sort of becomes more and more kind of uh emotional and uh, and touching as, as it goes on because it once it's built up the characters it can really start to kind of dig into a lot of that stuff and yeah like there have been a couple of episodes recently that uh, a lot are tear jerking to put it mildly isn't the show in, uh, in 4k on netflix as well i believe i believe they are yeah i, I certainly I, I think i mean it's probably not native 4k i would assume but i think yeah they're doing you 4K know, equivalent yeah i mean they're basically <laughs> doing doing hdr you know broadcast on Netflix and, and the, the whole nine yards which is not at all tempting me to get a 4k TV I'm going to state for the record so people, <laughs> if, if you can please write me and tell me not to buy a 4k TV that would be really good for my wallet um, but, uh, but yeah it's, I mean it's a gorgeous looking series like we should mention you know even in 1080p you know with those, those old fashioned sorts of that or 4k TVs it looks absolutely glorious um, you know it's Kyoto animation of silent voice etc etc fame but you know even by their standards they've really one up themselves like they've taken a lot of time and put a lot of effort into this show and and it's it looks the part as you might expect so what have we got on our blog everybody if you head to blog.alltheanime.com we like to put up some little features on there we put up some news bits and bobs as well we've also like to put up some unboxings for you so if you want to check out what our releases of the testament of sister new devil season one and momotaro sacred sailors are looking like head over there now you can find the unboxings for those there in terms of what we've had article-wise recently, we have had Jeremy Clark on Hirokazu Koreeda's Family Values set, which has actually just been released by Arrow Academy. Jonathan Clements has reviewed a book about ninjas, which is Ninja, Unmasking the Truth by Stephen Turnbull. We've also had Jeremy Clark return once again to look at the Chinese animation Have a Nice Day. We've had a piece on Kino's Journey by Megan Ellis. Andrew Osmond has been on the Code Geass initiation train. And we've even got an interview with Masaki Iwasa, the director of Lou Over the Wall as well. So lots of cool reading material for you there at blog.alltheanime.com. So Andy, any other business before we uh, get to a few questions today for, from our adoring public who have been waiting patiently for a podcast for quite a while? Yeah, I mean, you can tell because there are a lot of questions, so we should probably uh, get cracking and, and get to it. <laughs> so, first of all, let's head over to Facebook. And obviously, guys, we should preface this now. Very much, some of these questions are both just like mine and Andy's opinions, but obviously, where necessary, we will answer as all the anime slash anime limited. And that's, I believe that's the company's voice as well. Really <laughs> oh, we need, to, we need to do a voice, do we? Yeah, there we go. So, first of all, from Jack Parker. 
If you had the chance to license either Cabinary of the Iron Fortress or Konosuba, which would you pick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we, we were talking, we talked about some of these questions before the podcast, and we were trying to figure out the link between these two, other than they both start with K, because they're both kind of different series, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my answer is, why can't we have both? Um, because I love both of those shows, like Cabinary, really cool action show, quite excited to see the film project that's coming out next year I think that is in Japan um, so I, I'm, I'm definitely up for seeing what, uh, what Cabinary has to offer next and yeah I'd love the chance for us to release season one if ever that were, were to be a thing uh, but I think well me and Jeremy both adore Konosuba we're both big fans of that show probably one of my favourite comedies of the last couple of years I've still got a second season to watch so, oh, I'm holding yeah, out on it I'm trying to hold out desperately yeah, need to, need well, that's, to it. it's a weird thing as well because I say I'm trying to hold out I'm only holding out because I don't want it to end <laughs> so I'm trying to like not just like oh, do you know what I mean I'll, yeah when I've got a week off I'll probably binge it or something but uh, I should say that I've personally not seen Cabinary, so I can't really speak to that, but I would choose Konosuba out of two, out, just for that reason alone. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. But no, both both good shows, they'd both be, be good picks. So, um, yeah. Cabinary was, what was it on? Was it Amazon or Netflix? Yeah, that was an Amazon. That was, it was an Amazon Prime that, one, That was it? kind of their first big entry into the, the Amazon, the Amazon, into the anime stream. <laughs> into the Amazon. <laughs> I mean, yes, also into the Amazon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was their, their first big kind of push into the, the anime streaming market when they started picking up all the, the Noitamina shows. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool show. Um, so yeah, well worth checking out if, if people get a chance. And yeah, and if you want to laugh, then Connoisseur, but absolutely. From Joshua, when will ReZero be available to pre-order on your shop? Well, in terms of release dates, it's not coming out for a good few months yet. So generally, we like to try and wait around about a month before a title is out. It may be slightly sooner, just depends how things roll. But generally, we like to stick with around a month or so, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it varies a little bit. I mean, again, talking about kind of not keeping people waiting, you know, pre-orders is another thing where, you know, we've learned a lot in terms of maybe taking pre-orders too early for some things. And obviously, you know, on our own shop, we take your money when you you put in your order you know we're, we're not like the big players like amazon and zabby where you know that the order can the, the money gets taken on dispatch because we're simply not big enough to handle that kind of thing um so you know we don't want to take your money a long long time before the product's released so we try to, to keep it quite tight sometimes there are exceptions to the rule for example you can pre-order wolf's rain right now mm-hmm. we've got a special offer on that uh, for about i believe the ne- at least another week or so Ah, well, there's only going to be a few days now. Oh, by the time everyone hears this, yeah, yeah, it'll be a few days. So make sure you head over to shop.alltheanime.com and uh, check out the Wolf's Rain order in the special offer section. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the exception to that is obviously the more expensive products where, you know, we know that you maybe need some time to save up that, that hard-earned cash. So, you know, something like an Ultimate Edition. I mean, our Gundam, the Origin import sets, we always have available to, to order for quite a while as well because likewise you know we, we know that that's, that's a, a big old a big old chunk of change uh, but yeah as far as ReZero goes yeah you know we, we'll uh, we'll certainly be, be looking at uh, kind of a month or so before release I mean I, I think it's it has been kind of mentioned in passing elsewhere we're looking at what we can do with regards to a shop exclusive for that title because you know we know it's a, a big show again 
Look, I've got a REM statue on my desk here in the office right now, so you know you don't need to tell me that how good ReZero is. I don't, but I love the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're fa- big fans of it. We want to see if we can do something cool as a little extra for people who pre-order on the shop. Nothing confirmed yet, not 100% set in stone, but if we can do something, then we certainly will. So uh, all the more reason to, to keep your eyes peeled, and we will let you know more as soon as uh, as soon as all of that gets uh, gets sorted out. Indeed, and just to confirm as well, the uh, the end date for the Walks Rain pre-order special is 2nd of April, so that is this coming Monday at the time we are releasing this podcast. Your Easter present to yourself is a Walks Rain pre-order. There you go. From Adele, which anime would you like to have a sequel? God, there's a question. In some ways, the first one that springs to mind is Kill the Kill. Which, it's a bit difficult given the way it concluded, but I would just like more of that that universe. Yeah. I think there's more of the universe in general that can be explored. I was going to say, I mean, I feel like Kill the Kill leaves itself in a place where you could literally explore that universe because, you know, it kind of ends suggesting that, you know, there's the truth is out there to, to quite a completely different show. You know, so there, there's absolutely the possibility that they could go full Gurren Lagann on it and end mm. up, like, traversing the universe, searching for stuff. So you could you could definitely do a Kill a Kill sequel. Um, I mean, on, on that note, while we're on the kind of trigger front, and this is, like, not quite trigger, I think everybody still wants more panty and stocking, which is probably... Because, <laughs> boy, did that thing leave, leave off on a cliffhanger. And then, of course, a lot of people left Gynax and then became Studio Trigger. So I don't know where that lives in in the world but I'd, I'd quite like to see a second season of that I mean I would have just said Dragon Ball Super if had they have not announced there was already going to be a movie <laughs> and more than likely another series in, yeah. in due course yeah yeah, that's the thing there are a lot of things getting sequels that I'm really happy are getting sequels I mean mm. obviously we've got more, more My Hero Academia on the way more Attack on Titan on the way Steins Gate Zero is starting in a, in a week or imminently two, which, yeah, <laughs> which I'm really excited about because I, I really love the Steins Gate Zero game um, you know, a, a, a lot of the big shows that are getting that kind of that kind of treatment anyway. Um, I mean, I'd, personally, I'd also love to see more Spice and Morph. I think you know that's find that got two seasons, but if, if Spice and Morph got a third season, that would make me really happy because I, I did love that show. And I, I would love to to have some more of that as a, as another one off the, the top of my head. Um, no game, no life. Like its movie was more of a spin off. I'd quite like to see a second season of that. Um, more Shirobako. People literally kill me if I don't mention Shirobako so do you know what again it's another one of those shows that is really on my watch list I've watched a few episodes and gone yeah need to watch this but I was kind of holding out for a home video and there's just not been one over here Yeah. so it's pretty gutting that I'm Obviously, it's not a bad thing that you can watch it on Crunchyroll, but in some ways I was like, oh, you know what? I actually want to buy this because I really like the idea of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, that makes me sad that actually, uh, as far as I've heard, like the, the home video and even the streaming numbers weren't incredibly, you know, fantastic for it. Which is a very vocal echo chamber. Which, yeah, which is strange. I mean, it did incredibly well in Japan, you know, it was shifting kind of, you know, 10,000 units week one per, per volume, but it just didn't quite translate in the, the same way to Western audiences. But yeah, it's a fantastic show. I'd, I'd love to see them explore. I think there is a new Shirobako project being announced. So I'm hoping it's not going to be one of those. We're going to announce a new project and then it's a pachinko machine. That's, <laughs> that's usually what happens to disappoint anime fans. Like all new projects and then it's... Or a Japanese-only mobile game or something. Yeah, or something like that. So, on, on, a, on a network no one has. Yeah, exactly. So so hopefully, hopefully maybe... 
maybe my my wish will come true but but i felt i felt compelled to to say it otherwise people will, will get upset with me so final question from facebook today this being from thomas any info on a standard edition of Wolf's Reign. Uh, yes, there will be one coming. It is going to be coming out on June 26th, the same day as the Ultimate. So that is when, if the Ultimate is a bit out of your price range, which we fully appreciate, like it is a bit of an investment, to say the least. But if you just want that core series, obviously with the four OVAs, that will be available the same day. Yep, absolutely. And I guess just to clarify with people on that, like our initial plan for Wolf's Reign was to do a collector's edition. Um, but when it came to us actually kind of receiving materials and having a look at, at what we had available, we realized we had a lot of really cool stuff to work with and we wanted to do the series justice and do all the cool stuff we had justice. So basically the collector's edition got upgraded to an ultimate edition. So we won't be doing a collector set at this point in time, you know, again. Whether that will change, change in the future, future, but who knows? Who knows, but at this point in time, we'll be focusing on the ultimate edition for, for all that nice stuff. But if you do just want the show, we'll still have the standard edition to, to cover that off on Blu-ray as well. And as we mentioned until 2nd of April, we've got a special offer on pre-ordering the Wolf's Rain ultimate edition. So if you want to get the info on what you will get with that set, head over to our shop, alltheanime.com, and you can get all of the info there. And now to Twitter. First of all, from Anthony. Same question as always until the end of time. Anthem of the Heart cinema release, when? <laughs> so I will say this straight up. Anthem of the Heart is one of, if not my favourite anime film ever. I love that film to absolute pieces. Unfortunately, it's one of those cases where... It's just, a, it's a bit too long now. It's widely available on home video in many, many territories. A lot of people have seen it now. And while we would love to do a, perhaps a quote-unquote proper release of Anthem of the Heart, because I think it got some screenings with the Japan Foundation Film Touring Programme, memory yes, serves. Yes, yeah, it also got a SLA screening, if I recall, mm. as well. So yeah, so it was yeah. shown in Scotland Loves Anime, maybe a couple other places as well. But in terms of doing a full-blown theatrical run, Mm, mm, the car horn outside may have indicated something. Yeah, there. there's an anthem of the heart fan right outside. There you go. But um, but no, in terms of that, it is more than likely not going to be possible. But you know what? Who knows if things could change in the future? For all I know, tomorrow I could get a phone call telling me, "Oh, we're doing that." Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the one kind of you know potential caveat to that is obviously Anthem of the Heart was written by Mario Carter of, of Machia, as we were talking about earlier. So if that takes off in a big way and loads of people go to see it, you know, it might be that 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 would give us a, a good excuse to go and, and revisit it and, and do some more theatrical stuff for Anthem of the Heart. But yeah, at the moment that seems unlikely. But hey, you've got a really cool Blu-ray release. So, you know, you can, you can enjoy it in the comfort of your own home. You know, get, get some popcorn in, and invite all your friends and, and make your own cinema in your house. That's the, that's the, the way to do it. Is that it. a demand or a statement? Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if, if you invite me, it's a demand. Otherwise, it's simply a statement. Um, but yeah. Does I, that mean you're open to bookings? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, Anthem of the Heart is a really great film. Like, we, we totally hear you on that. I mean, we I think we, we all love and adore it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely up there as one of my favourite Mario Kada pieces. It's sort of it's sort of on the, the Toradora level for me, having mentioned that earlier. Um, so yeah, you know, we've if the opportunity comes up and it all makes sense, I suspect we would all jump at it. But as mentioned, you know, it's the, the kind of... The time frame for that film to make sense for a theatrical release has probably passed unless something special happens in the, the interim. From Elliot, any update on the vinyl soundtracks venture? Uh, yeah, it's still still in progress, still coming along nicely. Um, I mean, I guess to, to give clarity on, on that, 
I think that the realization we, we've come to is that, you know, obviously vinyl is a new thing for us that, that we're kind of getting into. So we want to make sure that everything is absolutely perfect and spot on. Um, so we're kind of taking our time with every step of the process, you know, kind of learning as we go a little as well. But, you know, we, we really want to make sure that, that we get our very first release right so that you know we can we have a good platform to build from in terms of that stuff so yeah it's taken longer than we initially kind of you know perhaps uh, communicated to people but or rather than we anticipated and, yeah and certainly than we anticipated um but yeah it's, it's coming along you know we're, we're certainly getting there hopefully we'll have our first release ready to go sooner rather than later uh, and that's probably the other thing to mention is, you know, we're not suddenly going to throw out like six releases at once. We want to give each final release we put out the love and kind of care and, and, you know, promotion and time that it deserves. So, you know, don't expect a sudden influx of loads and loads of vinyl. We'll be looking to do probably one every couple of months or so, you know, once we've got the first one out the door. Uh, so rather than having, you know, a flood of them we'll try to kind of stagger it out and and build up hopefully what is kind of a, a consistent release schedule for that stuff um rather than you know just just suddenly throwing a, a, a lot of stuff at, at the wall as it were um but yeah absolutely still still ongoing quite excited to kind of get the first finished vinyl in our hands because you know we, we, we're certainly still going through the motions but uh, watch this space hopefully we'll have uh, more to talk about an actual you know finished products to show you sooner rather than later. I kind of compare it to like if you're cooking a bit of a of a unique dish for a first time for the first time. It's like you you get all the ingredients, you've got the instructions, you're perhaps a little bit more tentative the first time around because you've not done it before, you want to make sure you're following the steps, you've checked everything. But then once you've done it once, you you're a lot more confident from then on of how the process works things that need to be done it, that, 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 that's your that's your Jeremy Graves crap analogy for the day everybody <laughs> yeah I mean so, this, but I hope that makes sense though. yeah at this point we're, we're almost to continue that analogy we're almost kind of writing the recipe for ourselves like you know we, we, there you we, go. we know we, we know what the final dish should be we know what all the ingredients are but you know we're just working out the, how best to prepare that so that you know the, the, the finished product is delicious PS please don't eat our vinyls because probably not good for you yeah <laughs> From Joker Ventura, will you ever release a standard DVD or Blu-ray of Time of Eve? Now, admittedly, that, that, that was the question like verbatim there. The, for those who don't know, when the Time of Eve Kickstarter happened, God, when was that now? The Time of Eve Kickstarter, four the movie. Years ago. About four or five years ago, probably. Uh, the remaining stock that was left over, a lot of it was essentially given to Anime Limited to distribute on their behalf in the UK just to, you know, get remaining units out. Some of it ended up in retailers as well, but it's not actually an anime limited title. So it was more a case that we were distributing the remaining stock. So basically we don't know if that will be possible or not, but obviously if we can, we'd love to, because I can certainly say I love Time of Eve. It was a great project, both the film and the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Time of Eve is like one of my few kind of 10 out of 10 anime properties in both film and TV series. I mean, I actually... Full disclosure, I guess, I did uh, subtitle quality control for the uh, Time of Eve movie Kickstarter release because I'm a glutton for punishment like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I absolutely adore Time of Eve. Uh, I, I think it's also fair to say we're big fans of Yasuhiro Yoshiura, who was the director of that and went on to direct Patsma Inverted, of course, which, which we did release. Um, and and uh, 
I really want to see what he does next on a tangent um, but, uh, but yeah um, so yeah as Jeremy mentioned nothing nothing to, to say regarding Time of Eve not not our title at this point in time but uh, you know it, it would be nice to, to see that revisited at, at some point you know may, maybe if there is a, a future Yoshiro project where it, it makes sense to go back to Time of Eve as well maybe somebody will, will pick it up but at this point yeah it's uh, if you missed out on the Kickstarter then Unfortunately, that's uh, you'll have to, to wait and see, or, or see if you can pick up a copy elsewhere. I guess. Yeah, because chances are you could probably still find it online if you look hard enough. But in terms of readily available via us, no, or unlikely at this stage. Next question from Lord of Lollies, which I really hope is about ice cream and not compared to what it could be. Out of all the anime just finished airing, what was your favourite? And follow up: What are you looking forward to this coming season? So, I've been watching a couple of shows this season. I know you've been watching more than a couple this season, Andy. Yeah, fun, funny that. I know, right? Me, but there you anyway. go. But, um, but at Dragon Ball Super, first off from me, it was a fantastic ride, that series. I'm, I'm genuinely gutted it's over because the whole Tournament of Power arc was insanely good. But they have already confirmed there is going to be a movie project of some kind later this year. Whether that will come over to the UK this year is to be determined. Please please come over here. Otherwise, I will fly to America to watch this film. I'm not even joking. Um, but yeah, Dragon Ball Super was freaking fantastic. I, I implore people to support the UK release of this. It's something I will be doing as well once I've got a bit more cash in the bank because I loved the series so damn much. It's really, really good. And Andy, you need to get on the Dragon Ball Super train. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I kind of started watching it when it, it started airing and obviously they were just kind of recapping the movies or kind of rejigging the movies at that point. So I sort of fell off and never got back on. But uh, I'm very much aware that I need to do that. So uh, that, that'll, that'll happen at some point, I'm sure. What about one from you then? Uh, we'll just sort of alternate for a few minutes. Does, does it have to be one? It's, it's well, we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to them. We'll just we'll alternate. You know, um, I've only got a few. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been uh, it's been a really good season overall as as a general point. Like some seasons, I feel like every season there has some really good shows. But sometimes I'm kind of left like, oh, there's lots of really good dramatic stuff but I wish there was a good comedy or there's loads of really good comedy shows but I want something with a bit more meat on it this season's been a really nice balance of, of various different things you know I've, I've laughed I've cried I've cried I've cried and I stopped watching Violet Evergarden um, <laughs> started watching something else cried some more um, but uh, I know my first pick we'll start on a, on a comedy train is uh, kind of Probably the biggest surprise of the season for me is Mitsuboshi Colors, which is a show that's airing on my Amazon streaming service. Um, I've sort of described it, I always want to start describing it as Yotsuba, but then everybody said, well, like Yotsuba, the manga is like the best thing ever, so nothing can compare to that. Um, but basically, it's the story of three kids who live in in kind of the area of, of Ueno in, in Tokyo, um, who just kind of hang out. They have their, their club, the, the Mitsuboshi Colours, they are, of the, the show's title. And they basically just kind of go around and get up to hijinks around the town and, and, it's, and, and, and the, the people who live in that area. And it's just a really good, well-written comedy. Like, it has lots of good kind of kids being dumb kids stuff. Um, there are lots of really good one-liners. The characters actually kind of develop a little bit. It's like there's one character who's just sort of... Seems like she's just going to be your arch-typical crybaby character. But over the course of the show, because she kind of gets ragged on by her friends all the time, she kind of grows a lot of backbone and starts, like, flinging, like, quips and insults back at her friends as well. Um, but there's just lots of really good kind of little 
visual and kind of good one-liner gags in there and it's just the show that's kind of made me laugh consistently over and over again um, I watched the first few episodes with some friends the other weekend and, and it went down really well with everybody as well so it's, it's not just me thankfully uh, but yeah it's a really good fun show so Mitsuboshi Colours would be my, my first recommendation um, another show I've been watching uh, I will uh, yeah I'll go with Hakata Tonkatsu Ramen which I think I may have brought up it may not have been on this podcast, actually. It may have been on another one I was on in recent times. But Hakata Tonkatsu Ramen is really good fun. It's got a sort of mafia vibe to it with hitmen involved. One thing I really love, though, is I love the look and the soundtrack of this show. The plot, as well, is really good fun. It's sort of about a bunch of different hitmen agencies and people, like, sort of changing companies or defecting to other things. But then there's also, like, this legendary hitman that people are trying to find out and they want to like learn more about. And there's lots of things surrounding that, but I, I always love the kind of mafia Yakuza vibe type things. So uh, this this hit off with me instantly. And um, yeah, the soundtrack in particular for this show, I love so damn much. The look of it as well is really, really good. So if you want something a little bit out of the box with some really good action in it, some really good comedy as well, and a nice cast of characters, I would definitely recommend giving Hakata Tonkatsu Ramen a shot. Might take a couple episodes to sort of warm up to the entire feel of it, but do give it a chance if you want something a little bit different. Hmm. Cool, yeah, it's not, it's not a show that I've gotten around to watching, actually, but so uh, that does sound quite interesting. And, and on a music bent to tie it back into Anime Limited, that's actually the composer for Keg Yes as well. That, that, that's pretty wild, the music, so, there you go. Soundtrack composer, so there you go, it's a little... The ending theme in particular is really good. It's like an instrumental ja like jazz number, but it's a really upbeat jazz. And as soon as it started playing the first time on the first episode, I was like... I'm into this totally. I yeah. mean, you've you've got me. That does. You, you kind of have me already, but when as soon as like this song started, does sound pretty good. And also, the next episode preview is integrated into the ending. Uh, okay. Kind of like how Durara used right, to do it with right. the opening. Yeah, they managed yeah. to integrate it, but they do it in a really cool way at a particular interlude and to have bits of dialogue that throw in, and then that's their preview. Nice. And then they have like another preview at the end, which is like <laughs> ten seconds. So <laughs> it's <laughs> quite amusing in that front. Cool. Um, so next up, I mean, I guess I'm carrying on the, the Amazon train for now. Um, another show that... You're getting paid by them. No, sadly. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they could afford to. Um, <laughs> the, the other show that, that I've been really enjoying on, on there... Well, actually, there, there are three Amazon shows I've been enjoying, but, but the other one that's kind of surprised me is uh, Kokoku, which is a show about a kind of a dysfunctional family um, who are kind of down on their luck. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're scraping scraping around for, for money and kind of struggling a bit. Um, and then some group of, of thugs come along and kidnap two members of their family, like a, a brother and, and cousin, and basically take them, take them away, hold them to ransom. And the family are kind of they're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, how do we get around this? The, obviously, they've given it the usual, don't go to the police, caveat, or, you know, we'll kill them. Um, at which point the grandfather in the family kind of uh, just, just almost casually mentions, oh, by the way, did I ever mention that I can freeze time? And what? Exactly. <laughs> so suddenly, as it turns out, um, the, the grandfather's family is in possession of this stone that allows him to freeze time for himself and anybody else who's touching the stone when he activates it. So they go and freeze time literally kind of across the entire world <laughs> so that they can go and get their family members back without you know anybody there to stop them. Except, of course, there's a twist to that tale. And it turns into... A, the show goes a lot of different places, but to start with, it's this really good kind of cat and mouse 
thriller almost within this world where everything else has stopped like you know the streets are full of people who are just frozen in time if you threw say a piece of paper it would move a couple of feet and then just stop because you know everything is basically frozen um, and it's got this really good kind of tense atmosphere to it because like there is nobody else to, to kind of to help this family while they're trying to kind of get things done and, and to kind of you know get their family members back um, but there's sort of danger around every corner. You're never quite sure what's going to happen next. Um, and it takes a lot of weird kind of supernatural twists and turns from there. But um, the show's finished now and I've, I've really enjoyed all of it. Like it's been, it's been really good and really well kind of produced and, and it, it has a real good kind of feel to it. It has a really good vibe to it. Um, the characters are designed by, um, I forget his full name, but Umetsu who uh, did uh, Kites. Um, and stuff like that. So the character designs are pretty good and striking, uh, has a really good catchy opening theme. Um, so it's got a lot going for it, but it's, it's just a really good kind of high concept that it really delivers on well and uh, then goes some places you wouldn't expect off the back of it. So yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Another one that I'd really recommend as well, which I've only got, a, again, disclosure on this front, I'm only like five episodes in on this, but I know it's one that Andy's seen the entire series of, so we'll probably gush over it more than I will. But a place further than the universe. This show, Andy, yeah. is such good fun. The, the I suppose an ultra elevator pitch is a schoolgirl wants to go to Antarctica for a, a very prominent reason and somehow manages to convince another girl to go with her, but she decides to go on her own. And then it's just other characters getting involved and their journey of going to Antarctica. And then I guess a lot of stuff happens in Antarctica. I don't know because I haven't got there yet. But the, the, the look and feel of the show is just wonderful. There's wonderful moments. If you, if you remember what a Manchu was like when it came to like Gift City, as it were, and like just wonderful reactions to stuff, it's like that, of which I can't... A Manchu next season is back. Yes, I, yeah, I hope someone picks that blooming thing up because I want to see it, but I digress. But A Place Further Than Universe is something I've sort of been watching kind of like an episode or two a night for the past few nights. And I'm absolutely loving it. It's one that Andy recommended to me, so maybe he can do it more justice than I can. Yeah, so, I mean, basically a place where the universe is uh, from the director of No Game, No Life, and perhaps more notably Hani Yamata, which was a, another pretty enjoyable kind of, you know, group of girls together kind of show. Um, I, I think the thing that really makes it stand out is, you know... It, on its surface, it's your typical, oh, it's cute girls doing cute things. It's these four girls just hanging out together. It just so happens they go into the Antarctic. But there's actually a lot more to it than that. Like, the friendships between those four characters are some of the best realised friendships that I've seen in anime. Um, I mean, from what I've heard, the director actually, like, based some of the characters on some of her own friends and some of her own kind of experiences with, with friends and sort of relationships she'd had over, over the course of her life. And it definitely feels that way because it's not that typical case of like, oh, well, we're friends, so, you know, we're best friends forever and we'll always hang out and help each other out. Like, there is conflict between the groups of friends. There are issues that it, the individuals have within that group that they don't want anybody else to have anything to do with. They it, just... it feels genuine. Yeah. It's the best word I can use Exactly, for that's exactly it. It feels genuine and it's very relatable in terms of how the characters interact with each other. Like, sometimes they just get mad at each other. Like, why are you doing this the way that you are? And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a really good journey of friendship as well of like coming to understand other people and be like okay 
I don't like the way you handle everything. I don't like everything about you, but overall, like you're somebody that I like mm. hanging out and spending time with. Um, so all of that works really well. Antarctica, the Antarctica angle is just a really nice, unique thing. That, it's more like an end goal in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes them quite a while to get there, so it has plenty of time for character building. But it's also like that actually makes for a really nice visual shift later in the series mm. when they actually go to Antarctica. It's also really well researched. I was reading a piece uh, from the director recently where you know they actually they they got help. It's actually all based around an actual station that the Japanese oh, okay. researchers use in Antarctica. The actual ship is a real ship that they travel on. So the actual production crew got to spend a day just like looking around the ship when it was in dock. Um, and apparently the director was thinking about stowing away to Antarctica because she was quite into it <laughs> by that point. Um, but clearly they didn't let her do that. Um, but yeah, so it's actually quite well researched and, and sort of it has a, an element of realism and, and being genuine in that sense as well when it gets later into the show. But yeah, it's just really kind of genuine, really heartfelt. Like again, talking about shows that made me cry, like the the one of the, the later episodes of this just absolutely slayed me. Um, because it, it really it pays off everything that that series builds up in, in a, a lot of ways mm. um, and it really really works effectively um, it's something I was mentioning to you this morning actually when I mentioned to you I sort of got five mm. episodes in and I mentioned without sort of spoiling it for anyone who's planning to watch it there was something I thought was going to come back into the fray I was like okay that, that's a hint of something and then it ended up being something that I thought it was going to be. And then that got into the discussion of, yeah, this show paid, it almost rewards you for being able to notice that like little hints of things. Yeah. You can sort of tell that already. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has just, from, from where I'm at. it just has the right blend of being kind of subtle about that stuff, but not too subtle that things feel like they've come out of left field. Like everything kind of feels like it's happened organically for a reason, but it's not bashing you over the head of like, Oh, this thing's going to happen in next week's episode. So it's, mm. it's really, really good in that, uh, in that sense. Mm. And that's stream on Crunchyroll for anyone that's and interested. On Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take another one? I uh, think I, I've probably got one more. I yeah, think, I sure. So. so, I mean, Violet Evergarden, I've already mentioned. That's really good. We can set that aside. Um, another one, I mean, this is this is a continuing show from August that I'll, I'll give a quick mention to, and indeed we will be releasing season one of it, which is also very good, uh, is March Comes In Like a Lion, uh, which is... Um, it's a show basically about shogi and depression. So Japanese chess and depression, not two things you naturally go towards a show about. Um, but again, like talking about characters and kind of making situations feel relatable and genuine, the second season of March Comes In Like a Lion has a really, really fantastic story arc where basically one of the uh, the characters that is a friend of, of the, the main character um, starts getting bullied at school. And bullying story arcs in anime usually tend to follow a very predictable path of kid gets bullied, bullying gets worse, some kind of turning point happens where person being bullied either figures out some magical way of making it stop or gets some superpower or something happens to make the bullying stop and it's all fantastic. This is very, very different in that it kind of shows every angle of bullying. It kind of, it looks at the character being bullied in a lot of depth and, you know, what it does to them, you know, mentally, physically, psychologically, the whole thing. It looks at it from the teacher's 
perspective of like how they deal with this, you know, for themselves personally, as, as somebody who has to deal with a whole group of kids that has a lot of other issues going on that they have to think about. Um, it looks at it from the point of view of, of the family of the person being bullied and, you know, how they cope with that. Mm. And, you know, the, the kind of the feeling of helplessness of like, well, there's nothing really that, that they can do to, to help the situation. It looks at the actual person who's the bully and why they're that way and the parents of that bully. And it tackles every single angle and just does it incredibly well in this way that really kind of makes sense. And, you know, I think everybody who's ever been to school will have some experience, whether it's direct or indirect, with, you know, bullying or being bullied or being a bully, you know, one or the other. And, like, I think everybody who watches that story arc will be able to recognise kind of the realities that it shows. And it does it in a really powerful way that, that actually works really, really well. Um, it's kind of one of the most sort of compelling story arcs that I've seen. I, I actually hadn't picked up watching this second season until it was like halfway through. And in a way, I was almost glad that I didn't because I got to binge watch like all of that, almost all of that story arc right up till it was just about to finish. Um, because like it, it sort of it left me hanging when I got to that point for those last couple of episodes because I, I really wanted to see where it was going next. Um, so that's yeah, that's been a really good show. It's done a lot of other good things since that story arc as well. Like you know, it, it it's one of those shows that it isn't just about the main character. Like it finds time to talk about a lot of the other characters around the periphery of them who they're kind of you know either playing shogi against or whatever. Um, and it finds really interesting things to talk about with, with all of them. It's like, you know, there's a guy who's like a, an elderly shogi player at this point who's kind of trying to figure out the fact that everybody else who he used to play with has kind of either given up or dropped out because, you know, keeping up that level of mental intensity to play chess effectively at that age is too much for most people. And he's got this weird sense of kind of isolation but also kind of commitment on account of all the people who he's left behind to like keep going and, and keep at the level he's at. And there's also some really good comedy stuff in there as well. Like it, it also has some really nice kind of lighthearted fluffy moments and stupid gags and stuff like that. It's just a really good kind of life story really. It's like, it's, it's very relatable in a lot of ways. Might have to check that out at some point. Well, I'll be able to at some point because we're releasing the first yeah, season. Absolutely, so. Yeah, and the first season also very good. So. So I've actually just realised how long we've been going for. We might have to actually make this the last question that we're actually talking about. And then what I'll do, guys, is I'll keep the, the remaining questions back for next week's show. And obviously, if we need more, we'll, uh, we'll put out the call accordingly. So the final show that I will mention, I don't know if you've got one after or not, but um, I want to mention Darling in the Franks. Because mm -hmm. I have loved this show from episode one. I know you. it took you a few episodes to get into it, but... This show was one I was really looking forward to because of the style of it. It really, it really reminded me of Kill la Kill, even before realizing sort of who was involved and such. I just thought oh, it's got that vibe of Kill la Kill, maybe a bit of an Evangelion vibe about it. It makes total sense. Why? Yeah. <laughs> In many ways, but th this show I, I really enjoyed watching. It's actually one way to sort of give people a bit more context as to how I've been indulging in things to try and actually keep up on some shows for a change. I've tend to do. Like been watching stuff like every two weeks so I could then watch like two episodes in one go like various different shows because time can sometimes get the better of you and I've ended up watching this show in like two episode chunks and I think that may have worked to my advantage because it meant I could really just be in that universe for about 40 minutes rather than just the usual 20 or so 
Mm. And I just really, really like the setting. I love the way that they've got the partner system created to be able to pilot the Franks robots, as it were, that they've got. I love the universe that they've set up and how how the children are, are called parasites. I think in a weird way that that's kind of indicative of what a lot of people just think about children today <laughs> in some ways. So I did laugh when I first heard that. But in terms of trying to give a, an elevator pitch for the show, that there's so much going on, I, I probably can't do it justice. So if you want someone to do it, I might defer to Andy to try and give an elevator pitch if you can. But, um, but it's, if you're someone who is a fan of the style of Kill la Kill, maybe meshed in with a feel of Evangelion, I would say that from the outset is something to, to keep in mind. Yeah, it certainly feels like it's aping a lot of Evangelion's ideas. I mean, the, the latest episode at the time of recording this in particular, like there are, there are things that are almost, you know, you could almost lift out of Evangelion and drop onto it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a strange show for me because I'm still not entirely sure about how I feel about it. Like it's had some better episodes recently that has kind of drawn me into it. And there's a lot that it's still not saying. Yeah, like, which I think is is part of what makes it so hard to to explain. I mean, basically, it's about a group of children who are just kind of entering puberty, who set, set in the dest- distant future. We should say, yeah, well. set set in this weird kind of dystopian future uh, where people like don't have children, or at least don't procreate in the way that we do, and which is kind of one of the underlying themes of it all. Uh, and basically, this this group of kids of course are put into giant robots um, as pairs not as individuals so they have to kind of like pair up with somebody else um, it's like a boy girl pairing and, and then they can control these robots to, to fight against the, the Klaxosaurs which is a both a good and a terrible name I'm mm. not sure I'm not sure where, where I set on that it's also interesting to note that the actual robots called the Franks are essentially take on the persona of the female character. Yeah, so well. it's yeah, so it's it's a weird thing which is there's, there's been a lot of Twitter discussion about the gender politics of this show because like the female character is basically like all of the the movement and emotion comes from the female part of the the piloting team. Um, so like if the robot gets hit, they're the one that feels pain, but it's actually like the male side of that partnership that that controls said robot so it's this this weird kind of you know sort of duality between the two a bit like Pacific Rim only not that bad um, <laughs> so, sorry I don't like Pacific Rim um, um, so yeah I don't know it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of things that are kind of getting slightly kind of thrown in about the world and like the broader kind mm. of what's going on like it it's almost... like you said in the most recent episode which is episode 11 11 everybody at the time of recording it's the episode where Actually, maybe in episode 10, actually, like we get the episode yeah. 10, but that's the one where they, it's the first time they've, in a way, really let you explore a bit more of the world, and it really throws in some, some questions where you're like, oh, okay, and you sort of understand, well, actually, no, you don't, you, you hang on, what's the way to put this? You understand why there is so much curiosity about the rest of the world but it only raises more questions about the rest of the world than necessarily answers them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really almost more cueing you in to the fact that there is way more going on to this than... than There's more than these things, it seems. Yeah, like quite literally. So that's kind of what's keeping me on the hook at the moment is because there's clearly a lot, a lot of other stuff going down that is going to be probably, you know, a core part of the back half of the series, but at the moment it's sort of... It's just starting to tease you with that stuff without giving too much away. But it's definitely worth checking out. If you want something a bit different, and like we say, like I like to say, 
with the sort of kill the kill Evangelion vibe to it. If you're sort of a fan of those things, definitely worth giving at least a try. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I guess the, the last one I'll, I'll mention to, to go back to my uh, my uh, my friends at Amazon is um, is After the Rain, which is a show. You should get commission from it at this stage. I really should. I'll I'll, I'll send them the check later, um, <laughs> or the invoice rather. I was going to say that, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. You're just paying for your prime subscription, yeah, yeah, surely. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah um, is After the Rain, which is a show that. I think everybody sort of sucked in their teeth when it got announced because basically it's the story of a teenage girl who falls in love with the 40-something restaurant manager of the restaurant that she works at. And everyone's like, that doesn't sound like that in anime could be a really awful thing to watch. Um, but actually, it's a really fantastic little piece of work. Um, it's from Wit Studio of uh, Attack, Attack on Titan, Cabinary fame. Um, it's really, really gorgeous looking really well directed has has beautiful animation um it's the noitamina show for for this season if, if that uh, holds any stock for you these days um but really rather than being kind of a love story between teenager and old man it's really more a story of two characters who have kind of lost their way with the things that they love and are sort of looking for solace outside of that so the main character this teenage girl um, she's basically, she was a very good track runner at school, um, but she's she's had an injury that stopped her from running. And while she was recovering, she started working in this restaurant. And she's sort of in this place where if she pushed it, she could, she could go back to what she used to be in terms of like running on the track. But she's kind of got this uncertainty because of her injury as to whether she can ever go back to what she was and be as good as she was. Whereas this restaurant manager, has always wanted to be a writer and he still tries and fails to, to kind of write what he wants to write. And so, you know, he's just kind of getting by really working in this restaurant because writing never really worked out for him. Um, and it's this kind of really interesting study of these characters who just, to some extent, they don't know what they want, but what, even where they do know what they want, they haven't got the, the confidence to push through and actually try and achieve that. And so it's actually not the story I expected it to be at all, but all for the better. Um, so, yeah, it's like it's a really interesting kind of character study. And like I say, like, you know, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, like Wit Studio have they basically always added an extra layer to their production process that they call makeup animation, which is almost literally what it sounds. It's like they basically add makeup to the characters. So they like to do lots of kind of close-ups where you've got a lot of really good visual details on characters' faces, their eyes, stuff like that. And I feel like they've done it on multiple shows, like, you know, Attack on Titan has it. Um, I think they did it with Cabinary as well, but like it really pops in, in After the Rain because it has a lot of a lot of good kind of almost still shots and kind of close-ups and things where you get to see this really kind of opulent, like really colorful looking visual that, that, that really kind of, you know, makes it attractive to look at. And that coupled with good direction and interesting characters has, uh, has really made it for me. So yeah, that's, a, that's another, another good, interesting little, little show for the, uh, from the winter season. Well, there we go. And I think what we're going to do now, guys, is like I say, we've sort of gone a bit longer than we anticipate. We've gone nearly 75 minutes at this stage. So what we'll do next week is we'll try and get to the remainder of the Twitter questions or the ones that we can. We'll also talk about shows that we're looking forward to for the upcoming season, because that's going to be quite timely then, because the, yeah. the season starts next week, yeah, if memory indeed. serves. So, yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. As mentioned, a bit of a prologue episode of sorts to what it's probably going to become, all going well. 
So hopefully you enjoyed it and will check us out again next week. A reminder that you can visit our website alltheanime.com where you can get details on our latest releases and upcoming ones too. You can also find details on how to reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at AllTheAnime on both platforms. Make sure you hit up our YouTube channel which is at AllTheAnime. And from myself Jeremy Graves and from him Andy Hanley, we've been Team Anime Limited signing off until next week. Bye! Bye everyone!